This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, I ask everyone about dealing with contradictions. Just a series of stupid songs that go through my head every time that I start this. And the ones that are always there for no reason, like the fucking Carpenters. Anyways, this is what a Joey sounds like. You know, I appreciate that because I was going to just uh, give you way, way back in 1940, secret government employees dug up. It was literally it's the entire clone high intro that was written by abandoned pools and it is one of the best theme songs ever it's so good it is perfectly emo and that fair listeners is what aaron sounds like today perfectly emo perfectly emo. <laughs> another offshoot of our podcast <laughs> yeah. and this is what our executive producer and embodiment of ennui jess vander sounds like hi this is jess <laughs> oh the ennui in that hello this is jess <laughs> i Close. actually had aaron why i was laughing was i had bjork in my head and, and <laughs> like trying, what song it, it was uh love is all around where it's just all like is full of love or, or all is full of love you're right yeah um we're mm. just like Twist your head around. <laughs> it's all <sighs> around you. <laughs> She's perfect. Bjork yeah. is perfect. And also the Bjork SNL sketch is perfect too. <laughs> yes. Peak peak yes. peak like old millennial or whatever we are. Young millennial. I don't know. Peak geriatric bogey, millennial. <laughs> geriatric <laughs> millennial who still references SNL, but damn it, that is a funny sketch. Thank yeah. you, Bjork. Thank you, SNL. Um, <laughs> do, do we need to call Super Nanny for anything or does it appear like the house is fairly kept? We had a housekeeping thing we were talking about yesterday, Jess, but we also discussed that every time we're in the moment of the housekeeping, <laughs> we forget the housekeeping things. So <laughs> I don't remember. We're like, there were so many good housekeeping things related to the last episode that has completely escaped my memory uh, mm. there was mm. attendees there was attendees housekeeping thing that you had referenced oh it was just another reference it's tenda uh pretty tenda pretty tenda well, we're just going to consider this house clean then thank you all yep. for your <laughs> attendance this is great content your love this yeah. is oh capital c content this is it this is the peak uh, and actually to that end, Jess, do you want to kick us off to talk about the thing that was on your mind? Yes. My brain? <laughs> uh, pot mind? Is that <laughs> yeah. the word we're using? I really couldn't remember if that was it. <laughs> there seem to be so many contradictions lately. Mm. The biggest one being the talk of the town. For whatever you feel about it, or whatever you don't feel about it, we haven't talked about Barbie yet on this show. Mm, the talk of the ton. The, uh, talk <laughs> of the town. And I think it is, it is the contradiction of Barbie that is making it such 
a hubbub in many ways because uh, what it represents and how much we love hate it as a society is the thing that is so compelling, especially when you could expect that this uh, marketing marvel and movie behemoth could just be like terrible. And instead, it's actually fueling a very, I think, fascinating conversation about all of this stuff. But it is not the only thing that embodies contradiction. And I would love, I would obviously love to talk Barbie with you all, but I think it opens a conversation in general of how in our times today we are grappling with contradiction. I saw an article recently issued by the Times about the G string. And the history of the G-string being kind of like a thong, but instead Could of... Could you explain a, a G-string for the audience? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of like a thong, typically used in sort of like bathing suit context, especially. Um, but it's sort of like an underwear or bathing suit where there there is a panel in the front, but instead of a panel in the back, there is a single sort of string that connects to another string at the waistline. This would be easier in visual format, so I am certain in the show notes we will be including a visual reference for Exhibit A. Uh, point of order, a, Joey. A T. It is a T, not a tail. In the yes, uh, that's a, the rear. The, T, not the a string tail. form, like a, a sharp oh. T. Yeah. Yes, which is confusing. Should that not be called a T string? Come on, it makes much more sense. Much more sense. Anywho, then they'd be like, "Is it T or tail?" Though they both start with T. Um, True. But True. The, I had no idea that the the provenance of the G string was actually not as a way to reduce the amount of cheek shown, but actually mm. that it was sort of a, a protest, or it's sort of like minimum requirement in a in a rejection of nude beaches and nudity it was like you need to have something and it's like fine then we'll wear g-strings because it's huh. it's, it's actually like more than nothing covered right yeah. it's exactly it's, it's it's more than nothing as opposed to less than you know bridges or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm mixing my time arrows but you understand like the, the context of that just like really sort of um is interesting and then you're like oh i don't know how to feel about this anymore um i think a, a, like the third example that i'll give and then we should get into it um is the construct of santa because i think the construct of santa as a child is the thing worth living for <laughs> Year, if you are if you are a santa santa believer and observer as a santa i am a santa um but that later in life uh people grapple with a question of and also their own doubts about santa and then wrestle with the question of how they want to engage with this construct in their own homes and i just i don't know i just think that there are so many different ways in which our world is is dealing with mega contradiction. So I bring to you, in the spirit of Barbie, G-Strings, and Santa, <laughs> how do we deal with contradiction? Best lead-in question we've ever done on this show. <laughs> I, brilliant. If that's not going to go on a t-shirt, I don't know what should. 
Um, the thing that is interesting to me most about contradiction, and yes, I'm putting like kind of strategist 101 hat on, is like the first piece of feedback you always ah, get. Creative right? tension. 100%. It's the tension that makes this thing interesting. If you're not pushing against anything, it's boring and there's no direction, there's no propulsion. And it's literally, it's it's in creative strategy, it's in film, it's in writing, like it's everywhere. When you're trying to figure out like a character and how they're going to evolve, you need to either put a barrier, you, you literally want to put barriers in the way so that you can create tension and direction. And so like, I keep on thinking about how like, there are delightful contradictions, which I would, as someone who has not yet seen Barbie or Oppenheimer, like I consider the phenomenon of that collision to be so delightful. Like I just love it. And I am like, it's just entertaining. And then there are other contradictions that are obviously have different stakes, different personal stakes, and then therefore might be like more weighty and negative. Like even just thinking about like the moment of like, uh, do I uh, encourage the innocence and imagination that comes with the Santa myth? Or do I make my kid if. grow? Yeah. yeah. Quotes. <laughs> Those air quotes <laughs> just jumped through people's ears and just tickled their eardrum. Um, and Like a dry or, willy? <laughs> it really was. It was a verbal dry willy. Thanks. I hope that everyone who's listening to this on headphones has just ripped them off and thrown them across the room. No one's listening anymore. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, like that, that negative contradiction that comes up with like, should I break them? Should I break? Uh, should I burst this bubble? Or should I equip them with the knowledge to be able to navigate the real world? Like those are mm -hmm. both good outcomes that are con contradictory. And I don't, I mean, like, I, so my answer to my first kind of thought is like, we in general, although we're not good with contradiction, delight in it. I think it gives us as humans purpose. I think it gives us direction and it gives us entertainment. I also think that in our moment right now, we are struggling with greater awareness. The more that you can see, the more knowledge you have, the more contradictions you can find. It's mm -hmm. why ignorance is bliss. If you don't know what's going on, then you don't see any of those contradictions. But it's like even something as simple as like seeing like uh, a Fox News tile and an MSNBC tile in my YouTube side by side, my brain kind of just like, like it just falls apart because it's like, yeah, wait, but you're talking about the same thing. But, 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 ah, and like, you know, degradation of truth. Blah, 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 blah. I feel like there is a thing, though, that is at odds or maybe is driving this, which I, maybe this is the improper use of this concept, but um, I was uh, reminded of Occam's razor in the last 24 hours, which is the like oversimplified the principle of like, if there is a simpler explanation for the thing, then that might be the explanation for the thing. But in some of these contradictions and in surfaces, surfacing these tensions and the, the idea of like, no, it actually is more complicated than that. And not that there is a solution. And again, apologies if this is misuse, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's 100%. just half of a thought. <laughs> yeah, no, the, I'm I'm riding with it. <laughs> the the thing is like we're most of the things that we talk about as contradictions, I think 
are often only contradictions on like a narrow view almost right like if you talk if you do like the the barbie version is it was it's either like it's empowering to women or it's like degrading to self-image like you have two options pick the one you want but like the reality is like it's it it kind of did both for many people or, or that people are able to like hold those two things in their head and keep what they want and not you know not keep other aspects of things and and there is this like pursuit for like capital t true things but when you're analyzing like any sufficiently complex system like the capital t true things are like so contextual right like if you come if you come back to any of the examples that you brought up or any other like contradictions that we're dealing with or like the the you know what you brought up Aaron of like the the sort of visceral tension in contradictions as like human beings where you know I had my like review recently like work related review and there are things that are like very obviously like contradictory like explicitly contradictory and you're like oh like what do I do about that and it's like well maybe you can't do anything just like be aware of that that thing and like try to like tweak and and adjust and the it comes back to like in having any of these arguments in stating an opinion you're trying to distill something to a simplification that it is understandable as like a whole thing but the reality is like you're simplifying a description of like a complex system and so like you're never gonna get there right like how do you say in 17 words like uh the current state of the political environment in the united states or something like that you yes. know what i mean yes and actually th what's interesting about it is the contradiction this example is really interesting because it's like it surfaces the fact that it's fundamentally unsettling like if we wanted to use just one way to characterize it it's that like it produces this emotional or this um this response that's like well these two things can't coexist like they're mm -hmm. not supposed to coexist and then i think a lot of people go into problem solution mind and so problem solution lane is like how do i resolve this do i occam's razor it do i try to get more data to then put one on a scale that i can say this one's the winner and that one's untrue and I think that what you just said is so interesting, which is that, like, in many cases, we might find solace in actually just appreciating that the contradictions just exist, like, that they do, and that that's a truth, and that, like, yeah, those two things don't make sense, but they both are <laughs> true. So, all right. In the spirit of living with an oxymoron, which I am just now learning, is itself an oxymoron. It is a combination of two Greek uh, parts of a word that mean sharp and dull at the same time. Uh, Mind blown. <laughs> I am uh, a snake eating my own tail. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> a, a few examples that it mentions, and now I'm just looking at this random article, the first thing that came up. Um, uh, deafening silence is an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. Jumbo shrimp, which is uh, something that I believe has to be said according to my family as jumbo shrimp. Um, <laughs> enormous <laughs> whispers. <laughs> enormous Your whispers. Band. Almost, almost the name of this podcast. Um, yeah. uh, virtual reality. Whoa. 
crazy. <laughs> Work from home, maybe anybody? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> We're very productive out of the office. We learned that from the data. Um, but I, I, but I, can, <laughs> no, yeah, go, go, yeah, go. Yeah, because yeah. you just, well, you just got me really excited about that one because there's just different types of contradictions. And as soon as you said work from home, it's like, that's another one of those that like has to be resolved kind of. And it's like, at what point do contradictions just like merge into something new as well? Cause there's some, mm -hmm. like in order for them to be in conflict with each other, they have to be two discrete things like two discrete data points or something but like if you actually go in the other direction and you just merge them together and you get this other concept like hybrid work it's like oh well then then it's like about navigating whatever that new definitional thing or outcome is like is there a way and i look at joey as a parent is there a way to keep the myth of santa alive while also preparing them for yep. the realities that imagination is a thing and that the yeah. real world I mean, is I, different. I think a lot of things are difficult in extremis, right? Mm. Like it, when you go really far, like for us, Santa, it's like Becky didn't really want to do Santa. I did. So like our sort of agreement realm is like, Becky's like, we work hard and we bought her presents and we thought about the things to get her like she should know that her parents are doing those things so the agreement is like most of the presents are from us but santa also brings presents and then we did elf on the shelf but he's not a narc elf for the record he's not a narc <laughs> it's really just like a fun magical creature that just moves around the house for uh for clarification, oftentimes Elf on a Shelf is used as like, be not, don't be naughty or nice. Like the elf is watching. You never know he's going to show up and then tell mom and dad that you've been bad, right? Yeah. Or tell gonna he's going to tell Santa. Santa. He's going to tell Santa right. that, yeah, he's reporting back. He's just like a hall monitor in your house on a shelf somewhere. Um, but the, the, I think that like in extremis point is where like a lot of the, it, because like if I say a thing to you, I think our relationship with contradiction is sort of like gotcha, even even like mm. among friends or, you know, like peers or online or whatever. It's like, well, you said this thing one time, so I got you because that thing contradicts your other point. And what what that results in, I think, also is that then people take arguments that are like distillations that are simplified two extremes to try and be like i'm not contradicting myself and i think mm -hmm. that's where like in some of like whatever the the woke wars or whatever we're dealing with i think is like you you wind up in this like culture war about like an idea that people can't articulate and i i saw someone articulate it like what i thought was the best is like it's the dichotomy of like harm versus care with an extreme orientation towards harm reduction but then if, if people are like well i'm trying to like reduce harm and it goes too far then it gets like goes into like ad absurdum and mm -hmm. if if you can to your point before where you can just sit in that idea of like i believe this thing like i want to reduce harm in the world and like but that is not the only thing that i believe in 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 all situations or whatever like it's okay to like argue it most of the time and then sometimes it's not relevant or something, right? 
Yes. And I, I, what I think is, I don't know, this might be a stretch to take it to this point, but I feel like that, that those two things should be able to coexist. Like that, that it's like, that is actually enough. Um, and that that is really hard to grapple with makes me wonder if this is related to our most recent fascination and off discussion on this podcast about multiverses and like it has to be an entirely different universe for those <laughs> for those two things to possibly be able to exist it's like maybe maybe that is that's just us like having a hard time grappling with things being able to exist in the same universe a creative Ooh. manifestation of this tension I, I, so there is something in all of this that goes to like the utility of contradiction. Like, mm. are you using you, are you using contradiction to make a point? Are, and, and mm. in many cases, I think it's actually like we're using contradiction to disambiguate things because we are mm -hmm. so like order bound. Cause like, you know, as humans, we're just very, very focused on like, yes, what is black? What is right? Or what is white? What is like <laughs> human? What is animal? Like, I don't know. And when you get into this whole thing about like, what are the different shades of multiverse, uh, multiversal distinguish, uh, uh, distinction, it's sort of like, yeah, no, is the multiverse just could, could, a, could another universe just be one that has one fewer butterfly than this one? Like, yeah. I, you know, does it need to be one where the sky is green and people are what we would typically call traffic signs and just like, I don't know, roll down the street <laughs> with very heavy wind? Um, but I do think the utility of contradiction might be where is where in there can often be some solace, which is like how if we're blindly using or interfacing with contradiction, it doesn't feel I think that increases the sense of this is uncomfortable, unsettling and bad unsettling. But like if yeah. you're thoughtful about it and you approach it in a way, it could be a means to an end. Is there an aspect of contradiction that is like. It's relevant in discrete context, but we we extend it so far. Like so, like mathematical contradictions are like clean, and it's like this is wrong because of these reasons, and you can sort of like logic it out. But a lot of the places where we sort of apply it is like it just boils down to like we didn't have a strong enough understanding prior to getting confronted with a thing that like contradicts with your belief, where you're just like oh shit, that thing actually happened and my choices are accept that that thing actually happened or fight against it because I'm stating it's a contradiction. You know what I mean? It's like, it makes sense by like mm. you're laying out a math problem or like laws of physics or whatever, but even those wind up confronting contradiction where then you have to have like a moment of expansion. And so are contradictions just like the moment where it's like, oh shit, my worldview's expanding. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> like you know well is that the same thing as just what is the scope of inquiry like this is true but in only like it's true for this thing like cannot we cannot say or we have not studied yet whether this can also apply to these other things it's just like yeah i can i can say this as much but i cannot say anything more definitively <laughs> I do. I love that. I mean, it is making me think about like, what is it? Uh, uh, not mathematical theory, but like numerical number theory, which was a class mm. that I could not take because you know what? I'm going <laughs> to pat myself on the back. 
I'm a smart guy. I am not a number theory smart guy. <laughs> that is not <laughs> too that far. Doesn't just, that's too far. That is beyond me. But I do think that just the thought that like even something at, this takes me to like what where is the truth within contradiction? And like you can say that one equals one only if we all agree on what the framework for what the definition of one is. Same mm-hmm. thing for like one does not equal two only if we all agree that like what the concept of two is and what the frame is that defines what two is, is in fact two. And I think that that idea that like opinion is where uh, contradiction flourishes, where mm-hmm. I love the example of like is observable truth truth. If we all saw this thing happen and yet I say it didn't happen, is it still true that it happened? <laughs> or like, is these, is the fact that like, we now are like that, 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 that reality had to have happened in the past. And therefore like our conception of that moment is only in the collective imagination. Does that suggest that that contradiction is actually not a contradiction, but is in fact the new truth that all of the, the diction have to push against it's the diction. <laughs> You guys got me. I'm like, I might. Meaning, <laughs> in other words, con- contradiction depends on condition. If mm. these things, mm. then yeah, that totally is fine. But if if not, then that is contradictory. And the tree did not fall in the forest. And where are we? I am if- obsessed with that because the if. The bucket of all the things that has to fill in that if this is true is, I think, the like, that's where humanity's downfall is. <laughs> the, the Boolean like string. We, it is. It's the Boolean string of what are the contexts that you know about or that you don't know about. And it drives, we've had episodes that we've done in the past that are about like over uh, preempting or like contextualizing what you're going to say because you're trying to control that Boolean exactly. logic. I was thinking right? about that. Yes, you're trying to frame or bring up the context that will allow the contradiction. You're trying to set the conditions for the contradiction to either exist or not exist, or to alleviate it or to surface it. And I, mm, mm. it well, it's it's the like it boils down to like the rule of cool versus rules as written type of approach to having a conversation, right? Like the yeah. idea of like, do you get my intent or are you focused explicitly on like uh, uh sort of definitionally what i said like it, do you hear me or are you like listening to me type of like yes. weird like point of do is it a requirement to state everything so precisely in like common interactions that you need to like that that like if you want to bake an apple pie from scratch, you must first create the universe. Like, do you have to carry the entire logic bucket uh, with you in order to have any conversation? Right. And, you know, I think that that particularly is relevant in trying to make points or trying to convey something or communicate something. I think what's interesting is that this... um this question of like having to have the whole bucket of history also is relevant when you're just trying to decide if you like something like, or <laughs> like, do, do I like how the do Barbie feel about movie? Barbie? Like I, 
How do you yes. feel? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even decide if I like it because if you're looking at like the whole arc of history, it's really fraught. And like, can I just have liked the movie I just saw? I haven't seen it, by the way. Um, so, but like, I think it's just so interesting that that is even in question for, for us in this time right now where we are grappling with contradictions so often. Well, it's, it's that same idea too, right? Then means like if there have been instances where whatever, you know, like I watched a handful of like Lex Friedman podcast with like physicists or things like that but I, I like shared it with someone and I was like I have no idea who this guy is I'm not saying whether I'm on his team or not like I was I explicitly said that because I was like I don't know anything about this this is just an interesting conversation and I don't want to have to like learn his entire history and backstory to be able to be like this one was good but there are 400 other episodes and he, there may be bad stuff in those and I'm not going to listen to all of them you know I feel like the simplest explanation for all of this is that, like, before internet, there was presumed ignorance of, like, of course, how could you possibly know all of this other context about this stuff? Like, unless everyone has heard about it, like, no, it's, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't, uh, you know, blame you for not having any context, but the presumed omnipotence of everybody on this walking earth because you have access to a phone, probably, uh, means like, oh, well, that's kind of embarrassing for you because um, if you'd done your reading, you would have known that actually the origin of the G-string was during sort of like this time <laughs> where where people were wearing it in protest. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And it's so, it is really like humbling and unfair to like it's humbling unfair and very difficult to try to constantly triangulate like what what assumed context is a reasonable amount of assumed mm -hmm. context mm -hmm. yeah like and i think that that is uh i think that's a very and we all go through that in so many different ways it's like you see someone well silly things it's like i'm in the grocery store and I just apparently have a face that people want to talk to, which, geez, thanks, mom. But like, you know, this so person is like very approachable. And then I try to grimace and I just look like I stepped on something or like stubbed my toe. It doesn't work. Uh, same team. We look like giant babies. We look like giant, giant babies. babies. Gi the <laughs> yeah. circular, for me, circular head. I can't. It's just, it is. Mine just big. Here. I right don't have before. this. Everyone. No one comes and asks me for the photo. I get something. I, what did oh. I do wrong? No, I think you're doing everything right because it is such an inconvenience to be friendly uh, looking. Um, but yeah, so anyway. like <laughs> Looking. Uh, that needs to be on a t-shirt too. So also just like these moments where uh, people are, I totally lost my train of thought, where people are trying to uh, um, make assumptions about like as this person reaches past me and is trying to like figure out what the salt or pepper is. And they might ask, do you know if they happen to have Himalayan sea salt? It's like, uh, am I weird for asking about Himalayan sea salt? Did I forget the pink? Oh my God. I forgot to say pink. Have you ever been in this grocery store before? Should we even be in this aisle? Am I interrupting you? Oh my God. Do you have a headphone in? Oh my God. I'm not supposed to do this. Like, <laughs> 
Now, maybe I'm just getting into like the depth of being a completely anxious person uh, and perhaps somewhat paranoid. But I do think that all of those things together and being very aware that yes. like the limit of omnipotence currently is the quality of authorship of the internet and the amount of time that I have to read it all. Yeah. Is something that every human has to go through. And maybe you should just like not worry about that shit and just get some salt. The Dr. Tressie McMillan caught him when she was talking about like thick conversations was like, it should be okay just to be like this person, this person is like super out of pocket about this thing, but like super in pocket about another thing. And I can be like, I can fuck with them on the things that, I fuck with them on and like just I can ignore the rest. I don't have to carry the burden of like mm. every individual's entire like history in order to like reference a singular idea that they had or to have one interaction with them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like in summary. Uh, for contradiction, compartmentalization heard of it. Try it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tidy. That is an origami fold. Yes. That wrap bub corner I meant. I hope you got that illusion. Yep. That's what I was doing with that. That was great. That was tight. Cool. That was a chicken Caesar wrap if I ever heard of one. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> yeah. In a chicken Caesar wrap, is the chicken crispy or grilled? No, because it's about to be get killed by Brutus. <laughs> that was a, that was deeply lame. That was deeply lame. <laughs> uh, should I see myself out? I am so sorry. That was so. What Shit, if you're Brute, bad at country Brute? I don't know. It was a Brutus. But well, what if you're bad at compartmentalizing? <laughs> I can't do that. Then this podcast is the wrong one for you. <laughs> All right, I quit. <laughs> Critical nonsense is a Sylvain compartment. <laughs> Brought to you by gloves. Ooh, how toasty. Where am I going to be? Ooh, ooh, where? Oh, it's dark in here. Oh, I must be in the glove compartment. I'm Sylvain nonsense. <laughs> the critical nonsense. <laughs> As always, we'd like to thank our executive producer and container store, Jess Vander. We would also like to thank our sound engineer and one big Lego block, like, but like, like a box with like a top and stuff. Uh, Alex Contel, thank you for your sound engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd like to thank our programming coordinator and satchel full of tackle boxes, Les Jacobs. <laughs> We would also definitely like to thank uh, Zara Gilbert and Nora Mestrich, who flat pack all of the things, the design, the operations that make this podcast possible. So thank you both. And as always, thanks, Alain, for your diction. Yes, yes. Thank you. Sorry. Special thanks. Abandoned Pools for writing the theme song to Clone High. I Back thought you were just day. thinking like actual abandoned pools and I was like, okay, we're going there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>
good for skateboarding oh, and for haunted <laughs> scenes, zombie apocalypses, no, maybe. That band is it. They even named themselves with the emo like nomenclature. Uh, if if you do not remember the remedy, which was probably their biggest hit, uh, do yourself a favor. Go on to uh, Spotify and check it out. Yeah, it's there. I'm sure. Special thanks to the special edition 2007 release of the Lego Waffles. Yeah. Yes. Answer is yes. What? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. What? These are these were a Kellogg's yes uh, collab yes. with Lego, mm-hmm. which admittedly a huge miss that they were technically called I believe Lego. Ego waffles when it should obviously just have been Lego waffles. Lego but... waffles. Thank you. Yes. But, I saw them um, in the grocery store uh, last month, and it is the first time that I considered buying Ego waffles in in decades. Very, I'm not sure time. if it would have disappointed, but maybe that's an episode to come. Yes. We do them. have to get into waffleness. Um, I would also like to thank the gaming thread at our company <laughs> right now because I'm enjoying the conversations that are just ping-ponging around uh, a number of releases. I, I, I threw out a hot take that also might be for a future episode, which is, I don't think, the hottest take, which is just that the entire Red Dead Redemption oeuvre, game one and game two, are just too much. Like, I, I, can't, I can't do it. It's just too, too much. much. It's too much. I have put six hours into each of them, perhaps, and I, they are the two games that sit on my shelf that look at me and go, ha, 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 everybody loves us, but you, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, it's very, they're very um, pompous. But, very so, yeah, lot. thanks. <laughs> yeah, they're smug games if I've ever seen them. The I, no, I also agree. Thanks to Halo for mm-hmm. still being good, because yep. I've bought the newest xbox just to play that game that's not even that new it's like 18 months old but i was like i played all the other ones and i liked them all and this one is also good great still slaps (laughs) yeah reliable reliable i i only i only have uh uh one more and i'm gonna draft off of joey's techno optimism i special thanks to the future I want to believe that the future is going to be better than now. So special thanks, future us, for whatever things that we've done and implemented that are making things, whatever they might be, small, big, or otherwise, better. So thanks, yeah. future. Yeah, big shout to the all-Korean researchers who may have just solved room temperature superconductors. Big props to y'all for probably getting a Nobel Prize. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. What does that be, enable yeah. for us? A lot, <laughs> like, like a super lot, <laughs> like, uh, like <laughs> no loss transmission in like power lines as like a like banal thing, but then in like other things like quantum computers that don't need like liquid nitrogen to keep them cool. So then all of a sudden you can do like super cheap quantum computer like. Uh, the ability to do nuclear fusion because you don't need to have like giant, uh, like also liquid gas cooled uh, superconductor. It's a lot of like energy related things that are way beyond my like uh, my 
uh, salary <laughs> level. Do, do those start to get into your number theory or is it just you need more time to get to those? Because I think that number theory broke me. I, I think that's <laughs> that's like that's like the first time you watch Inception and you had a gummy and it's like, nah, this this movie is not going in this head. Not this did time. You watch, did you watch Tenet? I think I did, but I might have died while I watched it because I don't know what I watched. I I've know that out. I fell asleep three times in trying to watch it, but man, that... I love Nolan, but boy, oh boy, oh boy. I loved Tenet. I think it's a, a controversial opinion, but uh, yeah, here we are. Well, we did it. Love you. Bye. We did it. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Oh. Well, we did it. We did it.